0: Welcome to another edition of an Artifactual Journey. I'm your host Philip J. Merrill, and today we're talking to Wesley Chandler Wood. Uh, Wes, may I call you Wes, please? Sure, sure. Um, could, could could you tell me uh, a little bit about who you are and um, you know what we're going to talk about today?
1: Sure. Always uh, glad to to speak with you, Philip. always learn something special every time.
0: I appreciate um, it. <laughs>
1: Uh, yes, I uh, have been a member of Kappa Alpha Psi for 19 years. In a couple months, I'll celebrate my 20th anniversary in the fraternity. It's not that I was necessarily born uh, into the fraternity, but uh, uh, I certainly had a lot of influence uh, because my, my father, his brothers, his two brothers, uh, my grandfather, uh, and then a number of uncles and cousins and, uh, and, and uh, family members, have been members of Cap Alpha Psi.
0: So you were following in the legacy kind of footstep spirit, correct? Yes, definitely. Could you identify your father and some of those other names? I, I would like to hear who, who, who they were.
1: Sure, the, uh, the lineage began with my grandfather, Francis M. Wood, um, and according to the history of Cap Alpha Psi, uh, he uh, was a member back when the family was still in Kentucky, back in the late 20s. Uh, he was president of Kentucky's what is now Kentucky State University.
0: I've been to that historic uh, campus on numerous occasions.
1: Yes, it's yes. near
0: dear to my heart.
1: <laughs> and then uh, uh, his sons, uh, starting with his the oldest son John Wood, um, uh, was a Kappa. He was uh, has been uh, pole marker of the Baltimore alumni chapter, mm-hmm. past pole marker of Baltimore alumni. Uh, my father uh, Albert Wood and uh, the youngest son, uh, James Biddywood, uh, was also a Kappa.
0: So you would have been put out of the house if you chose not to become a Kappa, correct?
1: That's correct. Correct.
0: <laughs> okay, today we're, we're excited for a lot of reasons. One, uh, anytime I can talk to anyone about quality history, uh, I get excited. But this is the centennial year of what? Uh,
1: the founding of the Baltimore Alumni Chapter. Uh, next Sunday, the. Uh, uh, September 26th, we're having a closed banquet to uh, officially commemorate um, the founding of the chapter. And uh, we have a few fraternity dignitaries coming in town and also uh, other members of the around the Eastern province come to town for that banquet. So we're very excited about it. Uh, uh, tickets are still available. They're a hundred dollars a piece and the uh, 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 the entire f- of course, for any closed banquet for Cap Alpha Psi is black tie only. So,
0: And how could they reach you uh, via telephone, email? Could you provide that content information, contact sure. information?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, my telephone number is 240 uh, 401 Or you can email me at shelf N-U-P-E, at gmail.com.
0: And if I get this correct, you are the committee chairman for this centennial event?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, a, I'm a, a chairman of the political and social action committee for Baltimore, my chapter.
0: Okay, my, my bad. Yeah.
1: And also a member of the Eastern Province uh, political action committee.
0: Okay, so this is a pretty big to-do uh, because A is a Kappa event, correct? And then it's a hundred years of doing quality work in the community, uh, which is pretty impressive.
1: That's correct, that's correct. Uh, uh, the uh, fraternity itself was founded in 1911 uh, so the founding of uh, Baltimore alumni so soon after the founding of the, the entire fraternity uh, and I believe the first uh, alumni chapter on the East Coast uh, uh, is a big deal. So.
0: And, and you, you know, it's interesting. So many uh, Kappa men have gone on to do all kinds of impressive uh, things with their lives in Baltimore, but largely we don't know their names. Uh, we, we, we don't know that they may have also been a, a member of the Guardsmen, the Frontiersmen. They could have also been Masonic members and Elks. And normally when you're in one quality group such as the Kappa Fraternity, you are also in other quality groups with a commitment to uplift, uh, improve the community and uh, uh, quality mentoring and fellowship. Uh, and and I, so with that, I'm excited to take you on a brief historical journey to learn a little bit about a a name that I hope after this podcast and after your uh, gala event, more people will be interested in trying to learn about the the footsteps in the hallowed grounds of Baltimore that these uh, powerful men walked um, for decades. Uh, And so let me just dive right into it. One name um, comes to mind is Webb. And most people think of Webb, you think of Chick Webb, the pioneering drummer. In this case, we're talking about a vice pole mark in 1925 by the name of Walter T. Webb. Are you familiar with that name, Wes?
1: I have heard that name.
0: Uh, Any idea what what this gentleman was all about?
1: (laughs) Uh, Honestly, no. Please inform me.
0: Okay. This is where it gets fun. Um, We spent quite a bit of time trying to uncover this man's story. First of all, he attends what is now known as Frederick Douglass High School. Back in the day when he attended it, it was in Old West Baltimore, not at the Gwynn Falls Parkway where you're aware of it today. It was at Pennsylvania and Dolphin Street. And it was known again as the Colored High School, and he was an athlete in at least football and basketball. Okay. And we're sharing with you a 1909, yes, that is correct, 1909 championship football pitcher on the second row with the striped jersey on is none other than a young, athletic Walter T. Webb who goes on to do quite a bit of uh, powerful work in the Baltimore city Colored school system. Uh, And he's a World War I hero. He's an American Legion leader. I mean, his story just is worthy of his own uh, uh, biographical uh, documentary or write-up. And what, what is really interesting to me is that he was a part of a pioneering group in 25 that were dealing with the guide right movement, which is so important to the mission of the capitalists. Could you tell us what the Guide Right movement is all about?
1: Yes, the Guide Right uh, its a program that uh, every chapter uh, must uh, undertake. It's a mentoring program for uh, boys and young men uh, to guide them right, to to have them on the path to college uh, or being um, a productive uh, citizen, so.
0: And and so uh, imagine what life would have been like during Jim Crow during a segregated time in Baltimore's history where uh, these very young in the history of the Baltimore alumni chapter, these men were out there holding it down trying to improve difficult situations for themselves. But imagine trying to bring along some some youngsters that needed uh, some guidance. I just think it's it's phenomenal. Uh, I also wanted to add that uh, Webb was a part of the Walter Green post of the American Legion. And today, we don't even talk about the American Legion, but earlier I was saying that normally if you were an active member in a quality fraternity such as the Capra, you, your level of commitment to the community would be so widespread that you'd be a part of other organizations as well. And he That's was great. a three-time commander of the post of the American Legion, Okay, also in West Baltimore. and. Lastly, I wanted to say that he had degrees from Coppin Teachers College, Morgan State College, and a master's degree from New York University. Wow. Okay. Uh, and he dedicated his life as a uh, supervisor of physical education in the elementary schools for 24 years in Baltimore. This is a man that I think we all need to know about his life, his journey, and his activities as a Kappa and as a educator that worked hard to improve the community for betterment.
1: Yes, yes. You know, uh, campus are dedicated to achievement, so.
0: And so uh, this is, I'm this is a nice, you're not yeah. surprised. This is a nice achievement, isn't it? That's right. I just want to hit you with uh, his nickname is the father of black basketball.
1: Now you told me that. Now, please explain that, because I, I don't know that. This, you
0: know. <laughs> say that again. I like. To, I like to. I like to hear you say that. Come on. Say it again, Wes.
1: Please explain <laughs> it to me. I don't
0: know that. <laughs> uh, we were researching it's in nice. the uh, in the venerable uh, Afro American newspaper, and on February the sixth, nineteen thirty two, they write an article entitled "The History of Basketball in Baltimore: Father of Game, None Other oh. Than Walter Webb." In 1907, that's before he graduates in 1910 from the colored high school, which again becomes Douglas. And we shared the 1909 championship football picture from our archives. He and a group of folks go over to DC, Washington, DC to observe some women playing. So the first stint of black basketball in Baltimore's history was the girls. Oh, and that was led by legendary tennis iconic figure Lucy Diggs Slow. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, after coming back from DC in 1907, they get together in Baltimore and say, We can do this. And Walter Webb is part of an embryonic basketball program with a few other important names and founders from the colored high school. So the next time. You watch a basketball game in Baltimore, be it elementary, junior high, high school, college, some kids playing on the playground. I want you and your other Kappa brothers to realize that they owe a great deal of uh, debt and gratitude to one of their fraternity, one of your fraternity brothers.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ms. Slow was... uh... The founder of Alpha Kappa Alpha and also, Indeed.
0: yes, correct.
1: Uh, Howard, she's connected with Howard, right? Yes,
0: yeah. yes, yes, named yes. After her. And, yeah, and her house recently was just designated as a historic landmark in DC. Um, she was a tennis champion, uh, graduated from the colored high school as well, uh, came back and taught uh, in Baltimore, uh, a very uh, active with NAACP, um, involved with the Du Bois Circle. So Again, you you see the climate of historic Old West Baltimore uh, that's outstanding at the turn of the 1900s and all throughout the Jim Crow period. So we're dropping knowledge for you, correct? That's right. Okay, (laughs) let me me go to uh, something something else that uh, we had even more trouble trying to uncover. Um, The reason, uh, one of the first people that helped to develop the Baltimore alumni chapter his name is George L. Newman.
1: Newman, oh, yes.
0: Now, yes. I, we learn about him on, on, your, on the CAPA's website. So then we went off on a research journey, trying to figure out, why can't we find anything on this, on this important person since he initiates the chapter, the Epsilon chapter at Lincoln University in Oxford, Pennsylvania. And he's instrumental in launching the Baltimore uh, branch of, of, of the Kappas, the Baltimore alumni. And so the reason that we couldn't find very much on him is that he tragically drops dead in 1928. And he's funeralized at his home uh, at 727 Dolphin Street in Old West Baltimore. Okay. So naturally, as I go to figure out if the property is demolished, if it's standing, if it's vacant or what degree of uh, you know, condition it's in, the one house on that block that's missing.
1: It's seven hundred
0: <laughs> seven. Seven twenty-seven.
1: Seven twenty-seven.
0: Yeah. The spirits were not aligned correctly for us to be able to um, work on getting a historic marker or some type of designation on that property to honor this founding member of the Baltimore uh, Kappa fraternity. Interesting. It's very. Interesting. Yes. And let me let me just tell you this. <laughs> this is also blowing our minds. He was on staff at Storer College in in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, not far from where John Brown, the abolitionist, was uh, hanged, and uh, Storer College is no longer operating uh, as HBCU, but he was on staff there, uh, and he had matriculated at Lincoln University, where he graduated in 1921. He comes out of the same colored high school that Walter T. Webb did and countless <laughs> other who's who that we haven't talked about in this brief um, podcast, but the Colored High School was a, a, a outstanding, one of the top segregated schools in the country. Um, they had top notch teachers that often had master's degrees and a few even had Ph.D.s. And when you start looking at uh, American history, you have to go to Old West Baltimore and look at who matriculated, who came out of the colored high school. Not just the Kappas, but alphas, omegas, doctors, lawyers, civil rights leaders, artists, athletes, you name it. It, it, It's a separate documentary in its own right to look at the power line that came out of this important school that today is known as Frederick Douglass. So he comes out in the class of 1916. He goes up the road, and I say up the road, um, Oxford, Pennsylvania, where Lincoln is located, is up Route 1 and uh, the Colored High School had a pipeline to Lincoln and uh, as a former consultant at Lincoln University, we uncovered this treasure-to-treasure concept looking at all the folks, not all, but uh, a significant number of key Lincoln graduates that came out of Baltimore, they were at the Colored High School. So in beginning to work on Kappa history, Beyond this podcast, we're going to break down class by class the the folks that we pull out that went to the colored high school and then follow them and then see what is left of their footprint in Baltimore. We want people to be proud of the Kappa impact in Baltimore City besides the the well-to-do names that are more modern that we celebrate. We can't celebrate the more modern people from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, even in the new millennium, without going back and recognizing the folks that laid the foundation for the people, such as is your your family lineage.
1: That's right. You like that? I do, I do. Let's take take me on the journey. Okay.
0: <laughs> wait, wait. That, that, that journey will come at another time. But um the, the other part that I think is interesting about um about Webb and uh, Newman is that they're buried in Mount Auburn Cemetery. And I think with some more research, we could probably come up with a Kappa tour of the cemetery, the final resting spot of a plethora of Kappa fraternity men. um, That heretofore, no one has really looked at where, where are they buried? And how could the Kappas work to Provide some perpetual care to make sure that their headstones and the and the grounds around them look a certain way. Yes. Um, see, so uh, when you talk about service, it should not end when the the Kappa men transition on to the next world. Right. That's right. Um, a couple other things, and then I, I want to go back to your 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 fundraiser. When we start looking at um, trying to figure out who the early members the founding members are. At the moment, we haven't had a chance to learn more about a fraternal hall in the 1200 block of Myrtle Avenue. Can can you tell us anything about that?
1: Uh, No, actually I can't.
0: We're getting that off of your website. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, is
1: that the first uh, cap house? Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Um, We're intrigued by the fact that, once again, that's in the confines of Old West Baltimore, the country's largest National Historic Register district that includes 175 blocks of Who's Who in Black America.
1: That's right.
0: We need some kind of <clears throat> recognition of the CAPRA involvement and impact in Old West Baltimore to surface. So I'm hoping that this podcast uh, and future conversations will generate some interest, some light bulbs clicking on or bells ringing, saying, "Oh my goodness, this is this is phenomenal." This is where these people were educated for their elementary, uh, and uh, many of them went to Morgan, and Morgan at one point was in West Baltimore before they moved out to their current site on on Hill and Road, Um, and many of them went to certain key churches. So Old West Baltimore is fertile ground for celebrating and recognizing the legacy of the Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. Yes, definitely. So as we wrap this up, want to put another plug in for um, your September 26th Centennial Gala event, Gala event please. Uh,
1: yes. Uh, again, we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the founding of Baltimore Alumni Chapter, uh, which has uh, always played an important role in um, in the, the national Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. Uh, we call ourselves the benchmark because uh, you know, within this fraternity, we kind of set the tone for cap uh, men and cap uh, activities. Uh, so we're having our our uh, centennial banquet on Sunday, September 26th from two to six p.m. in Martin's West. Uh, so please, if you haven't gotten your ticket, please do so as soon as you can.
0: And again, uh, telephone number.
1: Uh, my telephone number you need to reach me is two four zero. 401-9534, uh, email address is topselfnoop at gmail.com.
0: And as I wrap this up, I just want to say that um, it was a labor of love and digging to learn a little bit more about the Kappas because I am not as versed on this fraternity as I am on others. So I love the fact that I could find some exciting new information uh, and connect it to uh other parts of old West Baltimore to make a really exciting story in the hundredth anniversary year of this important fraternity.
1: Well, I thank you very much for the work that you've done and I look forward to collaborating with you again to find out more.
0: Okay. So I thank you. And, and as, as I go, as we conclude, I just want to say black history is everywhere as is Kappa Alpha Psi history. So don't throw away your content. Contact your local chapter or regional or national chapter and give back the capital material to the, the fraternal organization, as opposed to allowing it to be dispersed via be the dumpster, via auction, via flea markets, goodwill, etc.
1: That's right. Thank you very much. That's very important. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Peace and blessings to you, my brother.
1: Okay. Take care.
0: You too. All right.